Let's pray for Anosa. Father, we thank you for our brother. We mm. thank you for his gifts and the things that he brings to before us to share with us that he receives from you. I pray, Lord, that you would guide his heart and his spirit, that he would hear from you and, and pass on to us. Thank you for him in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Well, actually, this is one of the scriptures that if you haven't read it before and you've left it behind for some time, go back to it. This is one of the most fascinating pa passages of scripture for me. It's about the gifts of God. It is for you and for me. In summary, I'm not going to go through very in all the de details of it, but in summary, these are the spiritual gifts that are given for you and for me. Why? It is for the edification of the church. So if you're coming this morning and thinking, what gifts have I got? Well, I can tell you that the scripture that we've just read uncovers all of it for you. But the spiritual gifts, rightly so, is called spiritual gifts because they are given by the Spirit of God. Nobody else can. The other thing I want to just make quick points about that is that just as we receive the gift of salvation by grace, so too are the gifts of the Spirit. It is by grace of God. You don't have to earn it. I don't have to look for it. But God and His grace provides it for us. Why? Because He sees the importance of having those gifts available to the church. And the third, I want to just pick up on that point from the reading, is that these gifts are not something that we possess, but they are supernatural ability. Supernatural ability to be able to do God's work here in this earth. You know, our God is so generous, isn't he? Let's pray. Kia whakakororia te mātua, te tama, me te tabu, glory to the Father and to the Son and the Holy Spirit. Whakapainga te atua e whakamini nei i atato, blessed be to God who calls us together. Whakamoemiti tia to atua, ko kotahi nei tato, praise to God who makes us one people. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, as we open your word this morning, help us understand. Holy Spirit, use my mouth as a vehicle to make known your word, to glorify Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thank you for immersing us with your gifts for the edification of the church. We ask these in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. God's plan, Jesus implements, and the Holy Spirit completes. That's what this message is about this morning. God plans, Jesus implements, and the Holy Spirit completes. Read it in Genesis, right at the beginning of Genesis. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God was there. God's plan, complete. He's made that revealed to us. And then Jesus, his son, comes to the world to implement it. How? Well, his death, his birth. He's risen, as we've celebrated two weeks ago. And the next step is he is returning. That's the implementation. And then who completes that? The Holy Spirit. And that's what we're talking about this morning. 
That is exactly the point why I'm just so excited about the gift of the Spirit of God. It's because he's helping me to encompass what the kingdom of God is all about. So this morning, folks, that's the message. Enjoy every minute of it. Absolutely. If you don't enjoy it from me, just read the word. Because it's in there. And I'm saying to you that the gifts that God has provided is to complete Jesus' work that he has started. Beautiful, isn't it? So here are the three points that I want to pick up from the passage. The first one I've already mentioned is about the edification of the church. What does it mean? Well, actually, we need each other. We need one another. We've been talking about the kingdom of God. What does it mean? You and me, Felicity and I, can get along well as the body of Christ. That's my first point I want to pick up from this message. The second uh, point I want to pick up, the spiritual gifts vary. The spiritual gifts vary. What does it mean? They are all different. They come in all sorts of form for your services, for your gifts and your ability. That's what I mean by very. So the spiritual gifts vary. What gifts have you got? What have you got? And the third point I want to pick up from this passage is the spiritual gifts are distributed only by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah to that. There's no, what I call, uh, you know, bias about it. You know, this kind of, it's, it's very objective. There's no subjectation about it. Jesus, Holy Spirit says, Enosa, you got the gift. I want you to use it. There's no, there's no, you know, subjectivity. It's very clear. And that's why I'm excited about this morning's time of just engaging with you this morning. So point number one, spiritual gifts are for the edification of the church. Yep, as I've said before, well, rightly so. They're called spiritual gifts because it's given by the Holy Spirit. Here's the part I love. You and I have been given those gifts. You and I. And if you don't know what gifts you've got, well, just as an example, you're here this morning. What's that about? God has given you the gift. Jesus is Lord. It's drawing you to come to church whether you like it or not. Just as an example, you and I have been given these gifts and we need to exercise them for the glory of God. This is why Paul wrote to the people in Corinth. And I know that some of you will know the church of Corinth. It was one of the most beautiful cities, but it's the most economically based city of the time where every activity was happening, a bit like Auckland. But it was. People went there for a whole lot of things, not necessarily of God. And Paul, this was one of his first church. He was so concerned with the people of Corinth, he wrote to them and said, you know what, guys? The spirit that called you to, to say, Lord, you are my Savior as the same spirit I want you to know. Don't be informed by it. Don't be misinformed by it. In other words, stop being thicks. Stop. You've got to understand the Holy Spirit is there for you. And Paul was so worried for them that he wanted them to know that. He wanted to encourage them. 
because their background was a bit like, you know, we call them heathens and pagans and those. These are people who didn't know God. Well, they had a life before that. What life did you have before coming to the Lord? Those lives actually attracts you back. That's what he was going to. And Paul was so concerned, he writes this in love. And he encourages him to say, the spirit that called you to say yes to Jesus is the same spirit that is present in you. Just like the same spirit this morning right here in Hope Central is present in us. The same spirit. So Paul reminds him, to every one of you, God has given a special gift. But you know, in that time and even today, it's not for you alone. It's not to build up yourself, but it is for my church. So that the person that comes to church is built up. How are we going with building people up in our church? What do we do about it? Here's another element that we need to understand about the Spirit's working. Just an example. When the Spirit comes and reveals itself to you, all sorts of things happen. Your emotions takes over. Here's a great example of that. Here is the interaction between Mary and the Spirit of God. When the Spirit came down, and here it is. Listen to the text. Greetings, you are a highly favored woman. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled in his words and wondered what kind of greetings this might be. You will conceive and give birth to a son. Oh, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come down on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. Well, imagine that. That's the Spirit working. Imagine he coming down to you and saying, by golly, Phil, this is what I'm going to be doing. And her reaction was quite incredible. Here's another example of the Spirit coming down. Jesus in the temple, earlier days, about 12 and 11, him and his, uh, and his parents went to the temple, and this is what we read. Uh, Jesus goes up, and, and, you know, and the, uh, the academia of the time were talking about, you know, this is what the Bible is saying. And then Jesus stands up. He goes up to the pulpit, and it was open to Isaiah 61, uh, verse 1, and he read it. And here's what he said. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news. Then he rolled up the scroll, give it back. He goes and sit down. And this is what he said. Today, folks, this scripture is fulfilled. Today, folks, it is fulfilled. Imagine that. How dare you coming as a 12-year-old person coming into the church, going up there and does that. That's the spirit working. So when it does happen, those are the type of reaction. Your, you know, your emotion is something that is so obvious when the spirit of God comes into you. And that's why the gifts of the spirit is so important for the church. Why? Because it, 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 what I call, it overflows the manifestation of God to not only the church, but to the community. What gifts of God are you carrying? The gift of the Spirit. Well, 
That's just a little something I thought might, might be just to help with the understanding of spirit. You know, and the spirit works differently. I'll give you an example. I was, uh, some, some of you know that I had been a principal for a long, long time. I had a very large school. I had a big school to walk from one end to the other. And I remember this particular day, I was feeling incredibly pressured. There were things happening in the school that I thought, oh my goodness, I just don't know, you know. And I, you know, as a leader, you get agitated, you're anxious, you're thinking about parents, you're thinking about all sorts of things, and the government. And I was walking back to my office, you know, like you normally do, you just walk along, and I'm thinking, the next minute, I went past this lady, and she said to me, Inosa, you're doing a good job. And I just get walking. Oops! I've never seen that woman before. Ten metres, I turn around. No one was there. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's interesting. But it was like an encouragement for me. So a person had used a gift. And I was the recipient of that. So the Spirit uses people to encourage his people. Point number two. There are very many services and gifts that we have. You can read them all. Oh, you know, here, in, in, uh, in this the reading that we had this morning, there are nine different gifts, spiritual gifts, that are identified. And I want to focus on those. There are nine. The first one is the Spirit gives one person a message full of wisdom. Put up all your wisdom people in here this morning. Full of wisdom. No one. How dare you? Ah, one person. You know, and it's always those, oh, you're getting old, maybe you have wisdom. Well, here is a special gift of God. Some of you may have words of wisdom specifically for the church, but have not exercised it for so long. Why is that? Why is that? It's not for you. It's for the edification and the building up of the church. Who's the church? Christina, Chris, Phil. That's the church. It's not a building. The church are people. And that's what this gift is about. Some of you may think that this is beyond you, but when we read the scripture about King Solomon, who asked God for wisdom. You know all that scripture. Let me just give you an insight to that. This is God's response to King Solomon. Since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for your family, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for the discernment and, and, and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. And you know what he did ask for? God, give me wisdom. God, give me wisdom. If you think you haven't got wisdom, who provides and creates wisdom? It is God. Another uh, uh, Bible, that, another part of the Bible that talks about this is in James. James 1 says, uh, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously, to all without finding fault. He's not worried whether you mess it up. He just wants you to have it. So there's the gift number one, the spirit of wisdom. 
Folks, I want you to think about that. If you have it, let's have it out in the open. The number two spirit that he gives is this, that one, he gives one person a message full of knowledge. Verse 8. And some of you may have the gift of the word of knowledge. And I want to encourage you this morning to speak it out in the direction of the Spirit of God. Oh my goodness, let's be real. These are the gifts provided so you and I can get close affinity with our God. If you've got words of wisdom, if you've got words of knowledge, don't hold it there. It's for the edification of the body of God. Ask the Spirit to give you courage to speak it out in love and in care for the church uplifting. If it's not for your uplifting law, do it for the church. How's that? That's what I say. If it's not for you, then do it for the church. That's what the gifts are for. The third spiritual gift the Spirit gives, gives is the one of faith. Who has faith this morning? Hallelujah. Three of you. Great. Of course, we've got gifts abundant. God has given us faith. I am just so thankful for that, personally. And I am still developing in faith. I'm still developing my faith in God. If you think, oh, I know all that stuff. Well, good for you. How about encouraging another brother or a sister about their faith? Oh, person hasn't come up to church this morning. Have you checked around to see who that person might be? And maybe that you need to ring them up and encourage them. What does that do? It encouraged their faith in the Lord. Number three. Number four. Number third. No, the number four faith, and I'm just sort of nicking through this, is the Spirit gives another gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy. You know, I had a friend, and uh, this is why in Auckland, we had a friend in our church, and had the gift of the, and he absolutely believed that God had given him this gift of prophecy. So what does he do? He practices in our home group. He practices on us. And he practices on the session elders. Well, it was incredible because he just went, God said this, God said that, that. And sometimes it was great. It was encouraging. Others who were listening are thinking, uh, no. And we were able to moderate him, right? Which is what God says, check the Spirit of God. And my friend was so good at it. He had forgotten. He had forgotten to look to himself, but he looked outside of it. And the more he looked at it, thinking, this is the gift of God, the more he continued for it. He wasn't thinking about the thing in front of him, but he got better at it. As he got better at it, I was better off for it being part of his home group. The elders of our church were better for it because he was bringing words that were coming from God. And when there's wrong, we say, hey, listen, mate, you're out of kilter here. And that's okay. But we did it in love. We did it in love. That's what the Spirit does. He does it in love. 
So if you've got the gift of prophecy, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Use your home group if you're not in a home group. Well, come to me. I am absolutely happy for you to come and talk to me about that. I may tell you, well, actually, you're off your rocky. But it's okay. Because the Spirit of God helps us to become who we are. The gifts is for the edification of the body. What prophetic words have you been wrestling with for the common good of our church? And you've been discouraged. And you haven't had the opportunity. Well, this morning, it may be that is what God is speaking to you about. Where's my gift that I've given you? You ask me about gifts, but I've given you gift. Where's my gift? The fifth and the sixth of these gifts, as we read this morning, is the gift of healing and miracles. You know, last year, Lorne had been arranging seminars in our church for the gift of healing. I, was, I think I was a newbie just coming in. And I was so excited that the first, I think, session I came into was actually a guy speaking about the gift of healing. It allowed us to practice this. Now, some of you may be thinking, because it's new, and I know, I saw the, you know, kind of sort of, I'm not quite sure what this is for me. But he had a go. He, get, he was trying to help us. What does it mean to have the gift of healing? So we've had an opportunity to learn about that. And that's okay. We had a few more, and hopefully a few more coming through. You know, we may not always bring the healing that we desire, but there's nothing to stop us from laying hands on the person and praying for that person, seeking God's forgiveness for that person, seeking God's wisdom for that person, seeking God's ability for that person to be able to get through tomorrow. Spirit of healing. You know, I heard earlier on there's somebody who's going to be having a funeral tonight. What do we do as a church? We pray, Holy Spirit, would you reach down to my sister and enable her to overcome tomorrow for the relationship that they've had. Don't just think of anything else. But that might be it. Oh my, fifth and sixth, miracles. Uh, I don't know about you, have you had miracles, somebody? Miracles? The closest I came to that was um, I was down in Pawanui, down to Coromandel with my family uh, when my children were young. Uh, I think my son at that time was about seven. He's a young guy, you know, and young as dads, you know, we always like to pick them up. And this time, I picked him up by his, you know, his arm there, and I lifted him. Ooh! You know, the shoulder went. And I kid you not, overnight, I stayed awake and prayed for my son. Because in the Coromandel, there was no doctors there. You had to go across the, team, the Thames. And I was praying, Lord, will you help my boy? That's what my prayer all night. Lord, will you help my boy? And guess what in the morning? Hi, Dad. And all I was looking for was how that arm was. <laughs> and you know what? He was moving that arm freely. 
That's the only example I can give you of the healing miracle power of God. It wasn't anything I did. I just simply said to the Lord, oh my, my excitement, I'm sorry I did this, is it that, da, da, da. And that's the only, the prophecy. You know, the spiritual gifts of healing and miracles. You may have already got those. Exercise it for the edification of the church. The seventh, uh, the Spirit gives another the gift of discerning spirits. Discerning spirit. I believe God gives each one of us of us an awareness of when things are not quite right. Yeah. We can feel it in our spirit. Some people have a heightened judgment and do have the gift to cast out demons. Oh my goodness, use that power. You know when people come to you and say, can you pray for my house? Can you pray for my house? Well, actually, just like the Corinth people, there was a lot of activities happening in that house before the people coming in. And for me, I take absolute privilege in just saying, Lord, in Jesus' name, I would reject, cast out any activities that was here that is going to be a problem for a family that has come in. That's why. The gift of doing something in the name of Jesus, being aware, being aware, but do not disregard your own conscience. God has given this to us for a reason. When you know you are participating, you're watching, you're listening or reading or doing things that are not of God. Omar. So we're talking about the completeness of our eyes, our ears, our physical being. And we do it sometimes without thinking about it. Being discerning about what you're doing. Being discerning about what you're doing. You and me. The eighth and the ninth spiritual, uh, spiritual gifts is the gift of tongues. This is a real problematic one, isn't it? I don't know about you, but it is. You know, it is. The gift of tongues seems to have at least two different purposes. They are for a sign to the unbelievers, number one. Number two, they are a means to pray. Let me just quickly uh, give you an example. A sign to the unbelievers. In the book of Acts, we find accounts of tongue speaking which gave evidential value of the message of Christ. On the day of Pentecost, the gift was explained as follows. Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Tretans, Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Well, on this particular day, each person in the crowd heard the message of Christ in their own dialect. It was a supernatural sign to each one of them, a sign to the unbeliever. That's one way. Another, it's a means of prayer. It is also a means of prayer. Paul wrote the following to the Corinthians, For I pray in a tongue. My spirit prays for my mind is unfruitful. 
and Paul spoke of praying in tongues, that this gift can be used as a means of prayer. There was to be no tongue. There was to be no tongue speaking in the church without an interpreter present. This is Paul. Paul emphasized that there was no exception to this command. There may be other purposes of the gift of speaking in tongues, but these two are made clear in the scripture. Folks, tongue speaking should not divide believers. It should not divide us. The exercise of gift of speaking in tongue should not be something that is divisible among us. Whether or not the gift still exists, it should not be a point of contention. Unfortunately, this has been the case of the exercise of the gift. Nevertheless, it is in Scripture, and it is a spiritual gift. Final, my final point is the Holy Spirit distribute the gift. That's the whole, that's, I love that part. It's not somebody else who says, this is your gift. This is my God, the God who's sinless. The God is pure. The God who just wants things to be done properly. And he says, you know, here's your gift. Enjoy it for my benefit. Are you anxious and worried about your gift? The Holy Spirit knows what your desire. The Bible says to desire the best gifts. And the best gift is the one you need at the time. In conclusion, gifts are a manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good of the church. For the common good of the church. But it's more important to know how to love. Uh, interesting, because the following scripture is in 1 Corinthians 13. And I've been very deliberate, because I'm not talking about that today. God has given us his love as gift. We love because he loved us first. Without love, all the actions supposedly to be the gifts are empty. Love is indispensable. Love is the best gift. Love is what matters most. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Seek to love above all else, and the gifts will find their place because God loves you. Now let's have a moment of response, a moment of thinking about the gifts of God. When we can ask God to reveal his spiritual gifts to us, are you ready and willing to use them? Is it for building up and the encouragement of the church? Today, I'm sure there is someone who has a scripture, a word of knowledge, or a prophecy for central hope as we move forward in 2021 and as a community of believers together. So Felicity's going to play and maybe sing the first part of that. And while she's doing that, allow what we've just talked about in your spirit. And then I'll bring it back again. <laughs>